0: Hey, before you hear the normal Humble Bundle ad, I wanted to let you know there's an extra link down in the description of the episode. If you're worried about the Adobe story we talked about, this is a great solution to it, and you guys will understand once you listen to the show. The Next to Nothing podcast is brought to you in part by our partnership with Humble Bundle. Humble Bundle is your one-stop shop for everything geek. Find discounted books, new and old games, and a variety of software. A portion of all purchases from Humble Bundle go to supporting a charity of your choice, like the American Red Cross, St. Jude's, Save the Children, and more. With $145 million raised so far, Humble Bundle is a great place to buy your games and help save the world. Use our affiliate link in the description of this podcast, and a portion of your purchase will not only go to a charity, but also help support the show. Visit HumbleBundle.com. For more details.
1: I'm doing great, dude. How you guys doing?
0: I am doing fantastic. Nice. Are we are we ready to start?
1: Uh, I I think so. I don't know. I'm no expert. I'll know
0: (laughs) 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 Well, all of the socials have been started. I think we're ready to go. Hello and welcome, everybody, to Next to Nothing, the show where we talk about how to waste your time and not your money in gaming. I am your host, Danny K. With me, as always, my lovable co-host, Ren. How you doing, Ren?
1: I think you got the wrong guy. Hi, I'm Ren. I hope you guys are doing amazing. How's it going, bud? <laughs>
0: it's going great. And Ren, cue the music.
1: Oh my fucking god.
0: <laughs> Why did you you make me do this? This is the boys are back in town by Thin Lizzy playing right now. I hope it is because we have Uh, (laughs) Spectissa with us. She's making her grand return. The Elven Princess herself graces us with her presence. Hi, Spectissa. Welcome. Hi. Nice (laughs) to be back. It's been a while. It has been a while. It's been a hot minute or hot couple of months.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> almost a year. <laughs> almost a year. That's right. Oh, How are you man. doing, Spec? I hope you're doing fantastic.
2: Yeah, doing great. I've I've grown ears since I think I was last on here.
0: So I, I've, I've noticed, noticed. <laughs> that was the thing. <laughs> I noticed. I noticed a long time ago that you had suddenly sprouted ears, and um, <laughs> you just seem a lot more magical.
2: Oh well, thank you. you know, like that's, you that's like you
0: need to be uh, like in some sort of enchanted forest. Um. Riding unicorns and slaying orcs
2: sounds perfectly fine to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, like I said, welcome to next to nothing, guys. Uh, we have a lot to talk about this week, but first, any like bullshit you guys want to get out of the way, and well, also I should also let Spec go on ahead and promote herself. So, Spec, do that quick. Promote yourself. Where are people going to find you?
2: Okay, well, I am Spectissa S-P-E-C-T-I-S-S-A, for those of you who are listening on other platforms. I am an RPG and creative streamer here on Twitch. I've been streaming for a little bit over a year, and I specialize in medieval and fantasy RPGs, hence the ears that are somewhat pointy, which, you know, very on brand. So, <laughs> um, yeah, and that's actually going to tie into some of the things we're talking about today. So, ooh.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You know, if there was a perfect show for somebody or a perfect episode of Next to Nothing, this would be perfect for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at least the first half of the show, first half of the show, for sure. Um, yeah, any like bullshit you guys want to just like get out of the way real quick?
1: Um, Not particularly. I think I'm OK. I think I'm good. I, I could rant about random stuff for days, but I mean, for now, I think I'm all
0: right. <laughs> yeah, same. Cool. Well, let's get uh, right into it. Spec. I've been watching you play a game a little bit. I've been watching you play a little bit of this game. Uh, Yes. Mordhau?
2: Mordhau, yes. Is that how you pronounce it? That's how I've been saying it. No one's corrected me so far.
0: (laughs) I'm going to go with that. Um, Yeah, so this is a first-person melee combat game set in Mm -hmm. medieval times with uh, all sorts of brutal weaponry. Why don't you tell us about your experience with it so far?
2: cool well um i don't know if you guys ever played chivalry back in the day yes that rings a bell well if if it does it is very very similar to that except better graphics more modern and um if you remember with chivalry that you had to pick from one of four um pre-made classes in the game um this one actually i believe has about almost eight or nine pre-made classes plus the ability to customize your own class which is you know, very different for a game of this type. So you can, um, you get a certain amount of loadout points and you can just customize your character. Um, so it's definitely like a familiar concept for those of you, those of us who played Chivalry. Um, mm-hmm. but it's just like, it has all these new bells and whistles, which is, you know, so much fun. So I think it, it has literally to the day come out two weeks ago. And I'm trying to find the number on how many downloads it got in just like the first five days. Mm-hmm. But it was like some unreal number like they were not expecting it whatsoever um and you know like just googling it right now there's still news stories coming out about it basically daily um especially with the whole you know no spoilers because i'm not caught up but but, you know game of thrones (laughs) being back in the news a lot of people are kind of Mm. having a bit of a medieval um they on been on a bit of a medieval kick so mm-hmm. a lot of people are yeah. saying that it's kind of delivering that you know game of thrones esque fantasy but you know this is more historically accurate uh no dragons that i have encountered so far
0: um so yeah
2: <laughs> don't know if y'all have any specific questions about the game or
0: well i mean just real quick mm-hmm. yeah uh First off, it's so much harder to find stats. You just mentioned like you don't, you can't find stats. So mm-hmm. much harder to find stats since uh, Steam changed some things, and then Steam Spy went, uh, you know, paper, yeah, paper uh, view or whatever you want to call it.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: but Mordhau is sitting not far down the Twitch list at five point one k viewers. Mm -hmm. yeah
2: it was at actually over 10k just a few days ago when i was streaming it Mm -hmm. so um you know just to kind of have some comparison you know everyone knows dead by daylight is like a very popular game to stream currently um it was on par with dead by daylight um as far as like in numbers of people watching the game at that time so for a game that's only been out two weeks it's it's crazy like they only have four maps up right now and Mm. um One thing that I definitely commend, you know, the team behind this game is they have been extremely good about um, addressing bugs within the game and also Mm -hmm. kind of communicating problems to the players. Um, They also compensated everybody who um, had some lag and connection issues due to the servers that were overloaded because they were not (laughs) expecting that with Mm -hmm. in-game currency. Um, That's and, actually
1: cool of them. I, yeah, I honestly and, wouldn't expect anything to come out of that. I think they would just be like, ah, whatever, it happens.
2: Correct. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, like for example, you know, each round you get maybe a couple hundred, you know, gold pieces, but they rewarded every single player with uh ten thousand gold, um, oh, just wow. as compensation <laughs> for being patient. And I was like, heck yeah, you know, like I want that <laughs> fancy helmet. Thank you, but um yeah so i'm really excited to see where this game goes it's definitely the game that i'm streaming mainly right now and i'm mm-hmm. kind of hoping to get on this hype train early because i yeah. do kind of feel like with a lot of games i kind of catch on a little bit later so
0: um so were the server was the server issue really bad
2: i actually didn't have any issues myself i mm. actually downloaded it about six days after release and i've been playing it ever since Um, so I, I wasn't there for the initial couple days and I don't know how bad it was for that. Um, but the gold incentive came out, I believe three days ago. So, Mm. um, I haven't experienced too much issues, you know, a little lag here, there, there's some bugs clipping issues there. It has made some funny clips on my Twitch channel, just of the (laughs) ragdolls in general, because it's (laughs) hilarious. Um, (laughs) but, um, I mean, I, I think it's still pretty clean for a really new game. They definitely mm-hmm. started off very simple. Like I said, they do only have four maps up right now. Um, I'm sure they're going to expand on that in the future. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm just really obsessed with it. Like for someone who went to medieval times as a kid, like mm-hmm. this is just mm-hmm. fulfilling my medieval battle fantasy. <laughs>
1: yeah. This game completely flew under the radar for me, especially because oh, yeah. I like yeah. I heard nothing about this game ever. And then I just randomly ran into one of my friends playing it, and I was like, wait a second. Mm-hmm. This game looks incredible. Wait, hold on.
2: <laughs> yeah, <it laughs> what the hell is, kind is this? Because I started up, um, I was streaming Skyrim one day, so I, I mm-hmm. was booting up Skyrim on stream. And then it literally popped up as a, you know, recommended game. And I'm like, what is this? Is this Chivalry 2.0? You yeah. know, like. You know, I was so just, like, blown away by, you know, this very on-brand thing for me kind of flying under my radar. Mm-hmm. Um, but they apparently originated from a Kickstarter campaign, which I actually didn't hear anything about.
1: Yeah, I never <laughs> but, heard anything about
2: it. Yeah, so... But it's it's a solid game for what it is so far.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so, describe, like, the main, like the main mechanics like how does combat work uh Mm -hmm. what are the game loops maps all that fun stuff
2: okay so um it's okay i'm trying to figure out a way to describe it without like comparing it to other games Mm -hmm. um it with chivalry it was very um kind of point almost point and click you know like you've had your basically three main moves and then your scroll wheel for stab and overhead um that is still very um that's in this game, so the stab and the overhead is still the same moveset. But you can actually customize your slashes, which you weren't able to do in Chivalry. So mm-hmm. similar to the star system in um, Kingdom Come Deliverance, if you're familiar with that game, um, basically wherever you're, you angle your mouse is where the slash originates from. So there's mm-hmm. a tiny cursor on the screen that you can um, really you know, get in there <laughs> on the exact angle that you want. <laughs> And um, there's also more uh, parrying and it's called chambering, which they emphasize a lot in the tutorial. Mm -hmm. Um, It's basically where you counterattack by attacking, not necessarily just by blocking then attacking, which is something that's very difficult to master and I'm still working on it, but um, you know, you have to predict which uh, direction of slash the enemy is going to do and then counter it with the exact opposite of that. So that is definitely a very interesting mechanic um but you know it's normally not just like proper duels between gentlemen you know you just get right. like 30 people in there and they're all just stabbing each other <laughs> yeah. and, um you know which actually kind of brings me to a little bit of like the the meme culture that is already being born from this freaking game um mm-hmm. you can literally one of my one of my characters he is a naked except for a loincloth peasant with three <laughs> frying pans as uh his weapon. <laughs> that, he's called the Pan Man. So you can have um loots, um, pans as weapons, and you know, you can be a meme king if you want, but you know, it's literally what you make of it at this point. Um, as far as like the actual game mechanics go, there's different game styles. You can kind of play capture the flag type game. There's also just um team deathmatch and they have unofficial dueling servers. Mm-hmm. Um, where you can basically just go and then do an animation, you know, towards another player. And typically you're supposed to respect the duels, but no one does, you know? So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so my, my main, um, game play that I usually do is it's called the frontline, which is the capture the flag one. So mm-hmm. you get two teams and you're just trying to progress either way. um, They do have to work out a little bit of uh, I don't know exactly how to word this, but I do feel like in some maps, uh, some teams are at an advantage just based on uh, the
1: like location terrain.
2: Yeah, like like the location Mm -hmm. or um, each team has to do something different. Like for one, um, the, you know, the blue team has to push a cart up a hill into a fortress. And then for the red team on that same one, their objective is just to throw fire at tents. You know, so which one's <laughs> going to be harder? You yeah. know, so it's like if you're if you're the blue team on that one map, you know, you're probably going to lose. And it just like yeah. always happens like that. So there's like a little bit of balancing that they still have to work out. And mm. um, but like I said, they're being very um, communicative with, you know, the players. So I'm I'm sure things will kind is, of balance out.
0: Is that asymmetry by design? Because you can think of like some games such as um, Insurgency or Day of Infamy, where the in- asymmetry is by design, where. Uh, an, object, an objective might be harder to take, but that team has more waves or respawns. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, you know, that's one thing I know, like when they did the Dave of Infinity um, mod, at least. I don't know if they did it in the game, uh, which was a mod for uh, Insurgency, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, the invasion was basically like an expanded push game mode where they gave the teams more waves to spawn in. Uh But it was incredibly, incredibly hard to take objectives. So yeah, I was just—is that—is that that by design? Do you think, or is that
2: uh... Um, not necessarily because there isn't any advantages um, for that? Because basically, the first couple of objectives that you need, um, like the first couple flags, you need to claim are the same for each team. And then it's just the last objective is usually unique per team. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's, um, it's fairly evenly weighted because like on one map, it's a cart for both that they both have to push. Um, but like I said, for, you know, some maps, the final objective differs. Um, and the objective, the, like the final objectives that's closest to your base can like range from, you know, protecting, um, like products to slaying peasants to protecting the peasants you know so um you can there's like a number of different things that you can do but i think as players kind of get used to you know where things spawn or Mm -hmm. how you know things are laid out in the game some objectives you know have less of a learning curve than just you have to just push this cart like there's like not much that you can do to you know I yeah. don't know, like fake that. <laughs> so um <laughs> and with some with some objectives, it does take more than one player to do. And mm-hmm. with like picking up a torch and throwing it at a tent, only like one person can do that. You know, so it's um I don't think it's necessarily by design. I think they're probably learning that, you know, some things are maybe equal. So like maybe right. having to slay the peasants and the burned tents would be a little bit more equal than a cart in the tent, you know. So it's mm-hmm. like um I don't know if they're going to change that on the maps that they already have, or just kind of integrate that into, um, you know, newer maps that they're going to come out with. Um, but, you know, I mean, like it's not too terrible because it's not unheard of, you know, for like the blue team on that one specific map to win. It's just definitely a lot more difficult. Mm-hmm. So, but um, there's also uh, a lot of people asking for like a single player mode of this game, just because they enjoy the mechanics so much. Um, and, you know, you know, Currently the only kind of single player they have is with bots. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like, what's the fun in that to be I'm honest? Right. So. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um who developed this game? You, uh, um I'm
2: looking. I, I fir- first thought Trit- that
0: Triturnian?
2: Triturnian.
0: hmm
2: See who was making this? Oh um, um, he- yeah, Triturnian. Um, I, I did hear it was a very small team of, like, I think less than a mm-hmm. dozen developers. Um, yeah. But I don't know if that is accurate. That might have been, like, the initial team. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, like, it's considered, like, a multiplayer slasher game is, like, right. of the yeah. official term. but
0: um, So the, and the reason I asked about uh, who developed it was because um, I'm thinking of a really popular single-player game um that I think you even talked about uh back in the day was uh kingdom come deliverance yes
2: Mm -hmm. which um
0: how does it it compare to that
2: I okay so kingdom come deliverance is like an entirely different beast in my opinion because the graphics are a lot better and I mean the ragdolls are still a little wonky in that (laughs) but I mean that's just gonna happen Mm -hmm. um I I do feel like kingdom come is a overall a tighter game because I feel like it was in development for a lot longer Mm -hmm. um i don't know if that's like accurate but um it did seem like a lot more historical research went into making the game itself um i've actually met a couple of the devs at twitchcon and talked to them a little bit um they actually matter of fact my my lanyard is kingdom come deliverance so uh, (laughs) i do really enjoy the game um but you know it is a single player experience so they don't have to actually really worry about like the server issues or stuff like that so Mm -hmm um apart from kind of having a similar slash system um and kind of having a similar theme it it isn't really comparable i suppose but i do Mm -hmm. enjoy both of them for different reasons Right. i don't know if that's an answer but like
0: (laughs) (laughs) well i was just curious for the people who were wanting a more how single player experience would Mm -hmm. they be better off going to kingdom come deliverance um for that
2: yeah i think that might kind of fit what they're looking for except kingdom come is very story driven it mm. might not have as much um action as they're wanting because mordhau is very fast paced which is kind of unusual for a like kind of like a fantasy medieval style game because mm. you think skyrim is like mostly dialogue and right. you know i yep. mean even the tutorial on mordhau it was literally just bam 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 you know it mm. it got through really fast the guy did not talk and um you know so it might it might be but i think the people who are enjoying more you know are kind of maybe wanting a bit more of uh kind of like almost like a single player killing floor type experience where there's a (laughs) little bit more waves which i mean um and like a a bit more progression because as it as it is right now um can't necessarily level up specific classes or like characters, you pretty much have your overarching level. And I feel like it almost doesn't seem as challenging in that mm-hmm. regard. So I think that it, maybe what they're wanting is a little bit more of an in-depth like personal experience, maybe with a skilled tree or something like that. So right. Yeah. Because that's something that I would personally really enjoy, but they mm-hmm. can implement that in a multiplayer game pretty easily.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the one thing that I didn't really know about the game that actually, I'm glad that you brought it up. I didn't realize the game actually had that in-depth of like combat mechanics itself. When I watched somebody play it, for example, because they are brand new, it was literally right. like the thirty-person battle. Everybody ran into a giant group and died, and that was yep. it. I was like, "Oh, okay," yeah. but I had no idea there was any like dueling mechanics or anything like that. I yeah, had literally crazy. no clue about that, and I think there's also like some sort of not well technically friendly fire. Because I'm pretty sure I've seen somebody on a horse run over his own teammates.
2: Oh, I am. I am unfortunately known for TKing. It's kind of bad um, because, for example, if you're on the blue team and you see mm-hmm. your teammate covered in blood, he looks red. Yeah, and he looks like he's running at you, and you don't stop and ask questions. You stab. So it's
0: like, oh, <laughs> so, my god. stab first, ask questions later. Yeah.
1: Oh my god. Yeah. How much is this game? I've been looking about picking it up. but I haven't really like looked at the price yet.
2: Yeah, its uh twenty nine ninety nine, So it's at the $30 mark, which a lot of people mm-hmm. are saying is pretty steep for what it is. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like I said, it it does come from an indie company right. and, you know, it's very um kind of small scale. So for me, once I read a little bit into it, I picked it up like literally within 30 minutes, you know, so <laughs> for, for someone who's like really into medieval stuff like I am, mm-hmm. you know, absolutely worth it because it kind of i i mean i believe i believe this was a point that danny made last uh last summer that it's like you you get like two hours worth of entertainment out of a movie for like seven eight bucks mm-hmm. you know and yeah. i i put 40 hours into this game in the past week so it's like
1: <laughs> <laughs> gotcha yeah. gotcha gotcha
0: that's I'm surprised you remember that. I yeah, do. I've actually my... used
2: that point before, so I that stuck.
0: <laughs> yeah, where tickets for movies, you spend $7, $8 or more mm-hmm. if you're getting snacks for two hours of entertainment, maybe three if you're watching Wolf of Wall Street or something like, you know, Ungodly Long or Endgame. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, that's actually a really good barometer. If you guys are – if you guys ever need – I don't think we've talked about that in a while. If you guys need, like, a good barometer for – is a game worth it? How much entertainment am I getting out of it? Think about it about, think about it in like terms of going to a movie theater. That's uh and I don't think I can take credit. For, I'm derailing this. I don't think I can take credit for that. I'm pretty sure I heard that from Dodger hmm. <laughs> on a co- episode of the co-optional podcast at one point. But um, it's, like, it's a
2: good metric you know, to mm-hmm, kind of yeah. keep in mind. Cause you know, I always be like, oh yeah, you know, I want to go to a movie with friends. This is awesome. But it's like 20 bucks later, you know, two hours later and then it's like Mm. um i don't know with a game i feel like it's like oh man it's it's not 19 dollars; it's 29 dollars. you know -hmm. right but i mean Um, there's there's also modding support with it too which is like oh i actually didn't know about that at all yeah oh yeah
0: that's (laughs) that's really good modding support is really good for a game like this Mm
1: -hmm.
2: actually they um now that i'm like looking at this they have plans for modding support but i do know of people uh, who are already right. implementing they're already still doing or something. It. yeah um because for example like i said some there's a bit of a bard class you can have a loot and you can use the loot as a weapon and it's <laughs> like an in game meme that you know only scrubs kill bards like don't kill the bard i don't care if he's on the <laughs> other team like if he's just standing there playing a song like you don't touch him mm-hmm. um and Simmy, who i'm seeing in chat here i don't i don't know exactly how he did it but he somehow fixed it where he could play um through the fire and the flames on the loot <laughs> in game so i do know that there's some something that people can do with the game
3: oh man
2: <laughs> because i don't think that came uh pre-made <laughs> <laughs> yeah we <loot
0: bot. laughs>
1: oh man that's great
0: that is fucking fantastic i know there's another game that kind of has that meme what is it uh hold fast mm-hmm. um where you're playing like 17th century um warfare and there you can be you can be like the little drummer or fluter boys and you're just as people are like yeah muskets um is there a mechanic at all for the for the bard or is it just a funny little deal is currently it like- it's
2: it's just funny because also like if you hmm. hit somebody it plays like a little tune and like <laughs> nothing is more satisfying than like because i think one of my first kills i was the doing the triple pans Mm-hmm. And you beat somebody with a pan, and then you know you don't take that much damage. But if you throw the pan, you get a lot more damage. Mm-hmm. So just like throwing a pan at someone that's fully armored's face and hearing a clunk, <laughs> and then they die—like it's <laughs> not a lot more satisfying than that, you know. So oh man,
1: that's... yeah. And I think there's like a huge like amount of weapon diversity, isn't there? Like, I'm yeah, sure there is sure
2: insane. It's very very simplistic um, mm-hmm. compared to a lot of other games. They just have. Um, light medium and heavy and that goes for like um weapons and it also goes for armor so um they can pretty much you you i think it's 16 points that you initially start off with and you can spend those points on skills you can spend them Mm. on armor weapons um or stuff like bandages firebombs rocks (laughs) you know (laughs) so it's like you customize it but for some items you have to have a certain perk and mm-hmm. so that's where it's, like, a bit of a trade-off comes in. But currently, since there isn't really much of a overarching leveling system, because currently right. the leveling system only gets you the ability to buy better items or buy mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. cosmetics, um, it doesn't, like, affect your loadout points, which I feel like is it's kind of like, you know, I want a little something more for, you know, my... Right. 40 hours in game and i'm level 21 you know but i i still have the same rock as that guy you know
1: Mm -hmm. um man because i just remember distinctly watching i think twitch put out like a highlight reel or something like that and i distinctly remember somebody walking like on a horse and then somebody threw a throwing axe and just knocked him straight off the horse and i was like oh that guy just got fucked (laughs) like outright Oh, it's man. it's
2: absolutely insane, and it, it's really funny because like you actually get points for killing the horses of the other players' teams, and they refer oh to it. As, yeah, they refer to it as vehicle damage. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really funny to be like. Sometimes I've like misspoken and be like, "Okay, I'm gonna hop in this car," and I'm like, "I'm not hopping inside <laughs> anything."
1: <laughs> oh man, it's got a lot of horsepower. Oh. Okay, I'm, I'll shut up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm claps, slow claps, clap slow it up. <laughs> More like head shakes, just
3: oh man. Um,
0: shake my damn head, Rand. Yeah. Shake my damn head. Um, someone just in chat said Mordhouse started off as a Kickstarter, I think, and they're correct. Mm-hmm. Um, when I looked it up, it was a Kickstarter, it's a small Slovenian uh developer that designed the game that built the game. Um, so yeah, that's Mordhouse. Is there anything else we want to talk about on that?
2: I mean, that's basically all there is as of right now. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people or a lot of people are really you know kind of latching on this game right now because the numbers of people watching it like on Twitch are just mm-hmm. kind of going up. um I think I saw someone streaming it literally with over a thousand you know people watching them just mm-hmm. the other day. so um I do think that if they're wanting a little bit more of a competitive um Kind of play style or kind of Mm -hmm. a bit more of like a serious kind of gameplay they're gonna have to add a little bit more when it comes to uh you know the leveling system but for for what it is right now it's a really solid game and i'm super excited to see where it goes from here so Mm
1: -hmm. yeah it looks very refreshing from like everything else that's realistically out right now like it seems (laughs) like one of the more refreshing designs it kind of reminds me and it's probably gonna sound bad, but it kind of reminds me of For Honor in the sense that, like, For Honor in theory sounded super fucking, like, like, super mm. cool. Like, there was nothing like it. It was a dueling system, mm. and, like, you played as, like, some crazy samurai dude or something. Like, mm-hmm. whatever. And then this one's just all, like, we're like Battlefield, but if we're, like, old school medieval and you ride a horse and just kill people. <laughs> kinda. <laughs> yeah. I guess. Yeah.
2: Well, oh, it's man. definitely a concept that, you know, we've seen before, but they right. they built upon that and mm-hmm. hopefully going to do a little bit more with it. So, yeah, super excited.
0: Yeah. Cool. Um, do you guys want to go on to this next story? Sure. Sure. So this story, uh, we talked about it a little while ago, and this will actually tie into um, another podcast. Uh, but we talked about. um the Elder Scrolls or Bethesda putting out a D&D adventure mm-hmm. or a tabletop adventure. Uh, well, news came out this week that the adventure that they put out in order to promote the Elder Scrolls online elsewhere at DLC was heavily plagiarized, like <laughs> incredibly yep. plagiarized. Mm-hmm. Um, so like some ground that we need to cover real quick is Wizards of the Coast allows you to use the systems reference document, the SRD, under uh, the open gaming license um, in order to create adventures uh, and to, in order to do a lot of homebrewing stuff. Um, so let's go back to a couple weeks ago when we had Reed actually of the Sneak Attack podcast on the show. Um, he, and I, I'm not saying officially that he did this, but he mm-hmm. probably used the SRD in order to create his universe, right.
1: um, That makes sense. Which, if something's there yeah. that's like available to use, that helps you out. Might as well.
0: Yeah. So uh, he, um, so under under all these license under this open licensing licensing agreement, um, he is allowed to use a lot of like the materials uh, that is already in the D and D system. But what he's not allowed to do is to wholesale lift those and use them um, and and promote them as his own. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this mostly affects people who do homebrewing. You know, I have like a homebrew thing that I um, really would like. I have my own homebrew world that I do for D&D, and I also have a homebrew idea that um, borrows and relies heavily on uh, an established IP, but I'm not talking about that right now. (laughs) What Bethesda did was that they allegedly Uh, lifted big chunks from The Black Road, which is mm-hmm. an adventure using the D&D rule set that was written by Paige Leapman, mm-hmm. and Ben Heisler. And that was published in 2016. Um, and so with that, uh, Bethesda had to pull the adventure from um, whatever websites it was on. Mm-hmm. and uh that's kind of where we're at right now um they're investigating the source of the adventure which apparently was like not a main office or main bethesda
1: yeah to my understanding fantasy. if i remember right i think it was like norwegian i think i don't mm-hmm. don't quote me on that but i'm pretty sure it wasn't from like any other main offices i'm pretty yeah, sure it was, it was like off of one of their netherlands. Big, like, netherlands thank you yeah I was like, I I know it's somewhere (laughs) not here, Mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, I don't know. What do they just not have quality control anymore? Is that just not a thing? I don't know. That seems like something really easy to catch. Like we're making something like D&D. Don't rip it off of anything off of D&D. I think I might have. I think I might have messed up.
0: (laughs) This is
4: like
0: Here's the thing was that the Black Road is an unofficial. It's not a Wizards of the Coast thing. Right? right it's not like a wizards of the coast expansion it's not um tomb of annihilation or um any of the official modules this mm-hmm. is a homebrew module by a fan but bethesda
1: took yeah that. bethesda took it and like used it as their own that that's I like mean, if
2: anything that makes it a little bit worse <laughs> you know yeah. in my personal opinion because mm-hmm. i feel like they it's you know you see that really often like larger companies just use like homebrew type stuff you know mm-hmm. or fan-made content and just kind of rip it off because they don't think there's going to be any
0: consequences with it right Mm -hmm. yeah it it's just like one more thing and i we rag on bethesda a lot but they really deserve it if they're gonna be (laughs) shitty you're gonna get shit on bethesda (laughs) yeah stop thinking that you're above this stop plagiarizing like i
1: I just, How'd I really he... don't get why they didn't check it. Like, yeah, at all. Like, there was literally a zero check. How would nobody at any Bethesda office be like, this kind of looks like that one D&D place. Like, that kind of, like, reminds me of, like, a and d thing that's already existing.
3: There's
0: well, gotta be I'm...
1: somebody out there. that's not like they don't have, like, fucking 20 people I can't just check.
0: Here's the well, t- thing. Yeah. Because it, it's, it, it's you, like I said, it's unofficial. It's by uh, mm. Paige Leitman and Ben Heisler. You can universities have plagiarism check software for scripts Mm -hmm. and for run it through that exactly (laughs) (laughs) because it is when you read it it, anyone you can uh and i'm actually gonna go on ahead and post the link uh to the polygon article which Mm -hmm. has a link to the dropbox hopefully it still works for people um there's the link in the and i'll and i'll provide that down below in the description for um the vod or wherever else um I mean, it's, like, multiple sentences mm-hmm. that are near yeah identical. Yeah. Uh, sorry, spec. I feel like I interrupted you. What were you going to no, say? No, no, no.
2: I, th- I was going to say the exact same thing, that it was, um, you know, that it probably should have been caught, like, if not mm-hmm. by an automated thing, which, since it's not a... Uh, like a main content it was just kind of like a bonus content to my Mm -hmm. knowledge it was just like a bit of like an extra perk to promote to promote the upcoming dlc or the Mm -hmm. upcoming expansion Mm -hmm. um that maybe they didn't really look it over as um you know as harshly as main content Mm -hmm. um but you know that still doesn't excuse i think they use the same character name even um for like an npc
0: (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) I, from what I understand, I think you're right on that one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I listened to a section. Um, mm-hmm. there's a YouTuber I was I was watching. They they played a section back to back. I mean, it was like the exact same thing. It's like and there are there's a horse or there's a cart with two horses, you know, flanked <laughs> on either side by Kajit in the hot summer sun, uh, where the heat doesn't seem to bother them. And then it was like, that was what Bethesda put out, and then the uh black road was and there is a wagon with two horses surrounded by tieflings <laughs> in the hot summer sun who don't seem to be bothered by the heat. Mm-hmm. Like they, they just mad libbed re- it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they just like replaced tiefling with, um, with uh, fucking Khajiit. <laughs>
1: I don't know. I I still just, I can't get over the fact that, like, it seems like they just don't care about any sort of PR anymore. Like, they really, it feels like they just half-asses on every single PR move I've ever seen recently. Mm -hmm. And it's like, come on, man. It
0: literally just takes one little check. That's all you gotta do. We we want to like you. Mm -hmm. We really do, Bethesda. We want to like you. But But you're making it it really fucking hard.
3: (laughs) oh man
0: um yeah so that's that don't plagiarize especially don't plagiarize little folk (laughs) on the fucking internet if you guys want to get into stealing each other's fucking stealing each other's rich people ideas that's fine (laughs) y'all have the money to fight (laughs) each other
1: i just mean Um... like the way i see it right is like with with for example Fallout 76 they've admitted that it was like if not from their main office it was from like a lower like entry office this to my understanding is an even smaller office and if that wasn't like bombs that bad you might want to check the other one too and just make sure that the content's good
0: so just real quick um someone said there's a ton of actual D&D content reading through it all would take time they don't have to read through it all there is content ID software that they should mm-hmm. have available to them or if not pl- Pay the you know licensing yeah. for that. Universities do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Think about all of the scholarly articles that are uploaded to the internet every single day, and professors use that software to hit, you know, and, it, and it's really good uh, content ID software. I've mm-hmm. used it before to make sure that like you know what people have sent me, like when I did my uh, my writing contest. I used that uh, content ID software, or you know, service, to
3: mm-hmm. make sure
0: nobody was sending me something in that was plagiarized. Right, and if it and if it hit on a website, I would check the website and see if there was any identifying markers on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I so, know. I mean, the, this is this is stuff that's available to them. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah.
1: Uh, I mean, yeah i mean if it's something that you can easily get your hands on i feel like a like a major business because it is still a major business should be able to have something along those lines pretty easily
2: i think probably like the main you know obviously i don't want to say anything for sure because i don't know (laughs) but probably what happened is you know somebody probably saw that and you know was heavily inspired (laughs) which you, (laughs) you know and uh you know, to the point of, you know, using the exact same name and spelling of an NPC and sentence structure and everything. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, to be honest, you know, with that being like such like a low level or like kind of an, an exterior point of that content, there probably mm-hmm. wasn't that heavily, you know, that many people checking for it to even be needed to run through anything. So it probably was like one person's goof up that, you know, everyone is now noticing. But you know yet again i don't know if that's what right. happened or not <laughs>
3: right
1: yeah. yeah i mean in the grand scheme of things we don't really know but like i don't know i, I still feel like it should have been like something a little bit easier to like solve than <laughs> just mm-hmm. like letting it out on the internet and then watching us everybody's like wait a minute hold on
0: yeah now i uh, like i am sorry i i have very little sympathy petty and i and i can't <laughs> really give the benefit of that to bethesda um, this is something you know they should they ha- they can have access to that stuff. They should do their due diligence. I could understand maybe not expecting something like this to happen but it would I mean it was straight lifted. Mm-hmm. I I can't that <laughs> that to me is the end of it and I'm like if it's it was very easy to to check to do the due diligence. They should all mm-hmm. o- and I can understand maybe the oversight being, well, this is our employee, our employee wouldn't plagiarize. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> mm. But you should yeah. check first. Especially when you're working in media. That's, you know. <laughs> I've had I've had I've had to send in writing samples to small media organizations. You know, I sent in writing sample to radio to a radio station. I've sent in writing samples to TV stations and magazines. Mm-hmm. And they always check. <laughs> Yeah, it's not it's not hard, um, but on that next is unless you guys have anything else you want to talk about on that.
1: Uh, no, I, no, I'm I, good. I feel like we pretty much covered it. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, this was news that basically happened right after the podcast last week. Uh, is that Senator Josh Hawley, Republican from Missouri, on uh, Wednesday announced that he is uh, introducing legislation banning quote manipulative online features. That become that uh can potentially become addictive to children in technology aka loot box systems <laughs> um, <laughs> so um yeah this is uh something that we've talked about before in the mm-hmm. in the past uh about uh loot boxes they're at the they're um what is it eth- ethicalness
3: right <laughs> like yeah yeah um and
0: they there have been threats uh overseas of mm-hmm. um loot box banning um belgium specifically there have been threats in the states uh from hawaii but this is the first time i think a senator or any lawmaker has put out uh or said that they're going to introduce legislation uh, related mm-hmm. to this issue yeah um I know the FTC, we've talked about it before where the FTC has said they're going to be investigating and uh, coming up with some solutions, potential solutions. But it seems that uh, some members of uh, the Senate are a little impatient on that, um, which would put rules and regulations. um, So if they develop these rules and regulations and it gets passed, the FTC will have to follow these rules and regulations before they can come up with their own. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. it's kind of where we're at so that's i mean that's kind of like the long and short of it people can go and see all the stuff um that that senator howley um wants to wants to recommend but uh let's get some hot takes from you guys
1: i mean it doesn't sound like that hot of a take i i think it's a good thing obviously although i feel like uh loot box is a very predatory in nature and that's just mm-hmm. the way it is and there's really not that many systems in place, even for, like, children. I mean, obviously, it's like, well, don't let your kid take your credit card. That's, like, one of the big one of the big things that people say about it, yeah. But at the same time, it's not just mm. kids that, like, fall prey to addictive personalities. Like, that's just, mm. a lot of people have that issue. Like, it's not yeah. necessarily like, oh, just don't let the kids do it. I'm, I know mm. plenty of people that have spent way too much money on just, like, tiny, like, microtransactions and loot boxes just to, like, try to get something and then they don't get it and then they're at, like, what, 50 bucks? Just because they mm-hmm. just went and splurged. I don't know. I feel like it's very predatory in nature. I feel like if I wanted to buy something, I'd buy it and not just, like, roll for a chance. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That That's pretty much my, like, stance when it comes to loot boxes. Some of them do it relatively okay. I feel like Overwatch actually is, like, one of the better ones about it. Where it's mm-hmm. like, loot boxes are actually pretty easy to acquire in Overwatch. They're not that bad. Like, you hit a level, and each level is about the same XP. There's no real difference. And, like, you can crank out levels. Like, multiple levels in a day, easily. But, there's a lot of other ones that really, really do not, like, do it very well at all. I don't know. That, that's pretty much my stance on it.
2: Yeah, Speck- I mean, I don't really play too many games that include loot boxes loot boxes but i mean Mm. i have heard a lot of people saying that it's like introducing gambling to children and Mm. all that all that jazz but i mean i you could also argue the same for like actual physical playing card games like magic or pokemon Mm. that it's like also in a way you know a version of a loot box where it's just like you Mm -hmm. don't know what you're going to get inside as far as value goes I think like personally, my opinion is like where the issue comes into with games is if the loot boxes don't only include cosmetics, they also include like items or something that could kind of be a pay to win
4: right. situation, mm-hmm.
2: then it's an issue. But I think if the loot boxes are p- purely cosmetic and people kind of like the excitement mm-hmm. of not knowing what they're going to get, then it's fine. So I mean, like, I don't really have too much to say about it, because like I said, I don't personally play Overwatch or any other game mm-hmm. that really includes loot boxes that much mm-hmm.
0: so yeah my my thing when people talk about it being like introduction to gambling for children is that there are several games that items you get from loot boxes have real world monetary value the the tried and true you know example of this is CS:GO, which mm-hmm. we've seen huge absolutely huge gambling scandals come mm-hmm. out of you know with uh t martin and syndicate yep. um you know, a lot of these things are proxies for money. They have real world values. So they're basically the same as a poker chip. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you, so the idea that it's, you know, introducing gambling to children, I think is a very valid idea. Mm -hmm. I think, I think the vast majority of people who don't talk about games don't understand how valid that idea is because they don't understand how the systems actually work. They just hear people can spend digital they can spend money on digital items and not realize right. that they can actually cash those out uh, for some games. Um, so I think that's a, it's an incredibly valid argument to have w- mm-hmm. in this discussion because they they're they're proxy for money. They are poker chips, and that's how casinos work. You know, and that's how casinos get you a lot of times is that you don't play with hard cash at a casino. A lot of times you. Mm -hmm. pay with a card you play with like a card that has so many credits on it or you go and get um, poker chips right of some sort and so it lessens the blow of actually losing your money um and i think that and i think that needs to be part of the discussion yeah for sure yeah um so yeah that's i'd like to see what the i'd like to see what his actual policy what is uh legislation will say i'd like mm-hmm. to get into the language of it because i don't want it to be so incredibly restrictive that there is no gambling yeah whatsoever in a game like like uh the pokemon you know the famous example of uh the pokemon game corner
4: Right, mm-hmm. you can't
0: access the there's no more pokemon game corners mm-hmm. uh, in the games they're all after like what the third generation um there's no yeah. more Um, And that was because of the introducing gambling to children argument. Well, it's you're playing with fake currency in a fake game
1: that Mm -hmm. has
0: no value outside of the game. Yeah. Uh, Unlike what would be going on with like a CSGO loot box system where a knife skin is worth $2.50 that you can um, get from a random, you know, you can get your money back from uh, (laughs) uh, get your money back from a loot chest
1: yeah and to reiterate i don't know i i feel because I'm, I'm gonna keep mentioning overwatch overwatch is probably one of the best comparators for mm. me personally and like in terms of a good system it's like obviously you can't you can't exchange it for money that's just not a thing very clear but like another thing is that even if you don't win like say you get a duplicate it turns into currency you can buy the skins themselves with the currency like regardless if you win or not if you get enough mm. you can just be like i'm just gonna take this that's fine by me Whatever. I don't know. that. That's like a good system in place. I, I think that's great. When, mm-hmm. I do agree that when it comes to things like CSGO and things like that, where even if you can't necessarily sell it in-game, but Steam has a marketplace built in where you can literally exchange it for money, that's where I'm like, ah, I don't fucking know about that one. That seems a little, mm-hmm. like, sus. But I don't know. I feel like there is examples of good, like, loot boxes. I really do. Yeah. It's just, like,
4: mm-hmm.
1: the ones that are, like, very much like really detrimental kind of ruin it for everybody like say Mm. say that they do be restrictive with it because like not a lot of people that are in obviously in politics really know how this situation works like they don't really understand how this plays out like overwatch loot box and csgo loot box probably are the essentially the same thing like Mm -hmm. it's like okay well we just got to remove them all obviously no no more gambling i agree i i agree with Danny where it's like there's no more like game corners in uh, pokemon because they don't want to get sued for like encouraging gambling the children but at the same time it's literally fake money in a game in a land where like pokemon run free well, i don't know
0: well and it's like there's no way to get that monetarily like you're not spending right, real exactly money in the pokemon game corner
1: exactly and it's not like you can even do anything with like yeah it's not like you could throw money at your fucking uh, pokemon game and just be like give me more credits so i could keep playing for the same credits that i'm gonna get regardless Mm. wait a second hold on but yeah i don't know i i feel like i'm i'm worried about the way that it can go i i think it's a necessary thing i really do i feel like there needs to be more uh like For lack of a better term government regulation when it comes to games as a whole right now there's really like a lot of issues that not a lot of people really talk about and the ones that are talked about namely loot boxes aren't really getting anything done with in the u.s like it's getting dealt with in other areas but like here it's been relatively just like oh just let it keep going
0: whatever yeah what i really hope happens in Mm -hmm. this just makes me very sad that john bain is no longer with us is that they talk to gaming critics that they talk to like boogie or mm-hmm. um, Jim Sterling. Um, hell, I'll even talk, even though I <laughs> know absolutely <laughs> nothing compared to the rest of those people. Um, but you know, like if they talk to talk to these people, you know, and like I said, I wish John Bain was still alive. Because if mm-hmm. John Bain was still here, I feel like he would really set the like a good standard for legislature uh, legislators um, and lawmakers to look at and understand what would be you know what what is like really bad and help them understand like good examples and bad examples um because i don't think i don't think if legislators talk to game makers you know ea and bethesda and ubisoft and whoever else they're going Mm -hmm. to get a good representation of ethical (laughs) versus something Mm -hmm. else so i really hope that they do talk to game critics um that's my biggest recommendation. To if I, if there's a legis- uh, there's a lawmaker there that is listening to us,
4: mm-hmm.
0: first off, how and why, uh, and secondly, <laughs> go talk to like major game critics. Like spend like thirty seconds looking at the YouTube gaming section. Find like the the best ones.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Boogie, Angry Joe, um, and you know maybe Jenna Bane. Go talk to Jenna Bane, even though I think she's in Korea right now um and Mm -hmm. like learn from them yeah before you go talk to the industry folks uh the the developers and the businessmen at ea ubisoft blizzard activision all those places yeah because yeah it's it can be dangerous if they if they get too zealous and too restrictive with these laws yeah but um any other hot takes anything else to that, I, I, you guys want to say to that random lawmaker that's listening, <laughs> <laughs> Th- thanks no. for
1: putting some effort out there. I guess I uh, that's, that's basically <laughs> it. i am glad somebody who's <laughs> trying to do something, even if like the law fails, at least like other people are going to be talking about more often now. Mm-hmm. That's that's the positive. That's what I see, at least. Yeah, but yeah,
0: cool. Uh, we got another one that uh kind of relates directly to gaming. You guys want to talk about that? Uh, sure. So officially, when we mm-hmm. talked about this with MUDSY some time back, um, the Supreme Court has made a ruling on if iPhone users can sue Apple on the grounds of the company monopolizing the uh, marketplace by restricting app stores uh, on the iPhone platform or on the iOS platform, actually. Um, so the problem being that on, if you're an Apple user, such as myself, the only official way to get apps on your phone or on your iPad, on any Mm -hmm. iOS device is through their curated, um, app store, Mm -hmm. which they can, uh, which they obviously control. They have a financial incentive, um, to keep you on that. Um, and they also charge a 30%. Um, they also take 30% of the Uh, income that comes from the app store or from an app sale that uh, is then passed on to the consumer. So that 30% has to be factored into the price of the app by the developers. Right. And they then pass that on to the consumer. So uh, for Apple or iPhone users uh, back in 2011, filed a class action lawsuit. Uh, The legality of the lawsuit has gone through couple different courts and now it found itself in the supreme court where the supreme court has officially said that uh iphone users can sue apple for this practice Mm -hmm. um so that's that's kind of where we're at with Mm -hmm. this situation i don't think the lawsuit has moved any further um hot takes let's go for it
1: i so okay So this one's a little bit more like I can almost understand how some people would feel like it's not a monopoly to a degree. But at the same Mm. time, it technically like it technically still is a monopoly, regardless of like what way you want to think about it. It's one specific company, Apple, who controls the entire app store. No other like app stores were realistically available on Apple. You kind of have to do everything through that. The 30 percent commission part. When they say, because I I remember right when I was reading it, they were talking about how like they don't control the prices, blah, blah, blah. But like throwing in a 30% commission's technically still controlling the price to a degree. You can't expect somebody to like realistically just be like, well, I guess I'm just gonna not count that into like play. No, of course mm-hmm. not. They they want to make a realistic amount of money on that sort of thing. So when you're just all like, no, I'm gonna take 30% of it, get wrecked. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That that's yeah. I can understand how it's not at like the end of the world but i i definitely do agree that it's still like in terms of monopoly
0: yeah well i'm trying to think about it here and i'd like to work out the math or if there's like a developer that can work that can like let us know how the math works out i'm Mm -hmm. thinking most games on apple on the apple app store are about one dollar right 99 cents is what Mm -hmm. at least when i was very big on ios and looking at ios games um was about the average so you got to factor 30% of that being 30 cents, meaning that before taxes, a developer is getting 60 cents on their app. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what the taxes would be on that. Depends mm-hmm. on, I guess, their state or whatever else. I could see them maybe getting 50, 40 cents, maybe 40 mm-hmm. or 50 cents off of an individual sale. Right. Um, and so that's something, and I'm so I'm thinking, well, okay, so if you don't wanna make, I'll just say maybe it's 50 cents, right?
4: Mm -hmm. 10
0: cents in taxes, 30 cents, you know, or or, uh, maybe 20 cents in taxes, 30 cents from the Apple Store Commission, leaving them with 50 cent um, profit. Mm -hmm. How many apps do they have to sell, or how many versions of the app do they have to sell before they're profitable? Right. And so I can very much see how that would be a problem for app developers. Mm-hmm. Um and consumers. So it's like, okay, if I need to sell, if we need to sell like a base of sell the app uh you know ten thousand times to be profitable. Right. Um can we rely on people to buy this app, or do we have to increase the price in order to make sure we're profitable? Or if we have to make like right. ten thousand dollars. I'm sorry. If we have to make the you know, the ten thousand dollars to make this profitable. Mm-hmm you know, how do we have to raise the price or do we hope that we can sell it for 99 cents and, um, get there. And that's a very, I don't know. That's where like, I would like to talk to like some app developers and see kind of how that works out because I'm not, I'm Mm -hmm. not a developer of any sort, right? I know you, do you work for,
1: I, I've done like mild app development in the past, but I'm not, I'm not an Mm -hmm. app developer. No. Um, I don't know. I don't know. This one's this one's very weird. And I know I've talked about it in the sense that, like, because I'm pretty sure the last time we talked about this, I was uh, not in favor of it, obviously, because I'm just not a fan of Apple products. But, like,
4: mm.
1: I don't know. I, I even see that Kanoa is saying, <laughs> you know what you're getting when you buy Apple. You are forced to buy Apple only with their products. And l- that's technically true. And, like, you should know that. But at the same time, like, just because that's what you know that you're supposed to be getting doesn't mean it's still not a monopoly like it's it's very clearly like sure if you buy an apple product that means that you can only use apple things ever mm. but like at the same time it's still like a piece of technology i should be able to just like if i want if i want to risk it and i want to like download another app store like i understand the apple app store is curated so you you know that it's going to be relatively safe relatively but like if i want to personally take that risk and i want to just be like i want to download this and i want to like run my apps through this that should be like an option
0: mm-hmm. i don't know um so i actually do want to respond to kanoa uh, real quick he just said something but i do want to ask Becca a question mm-hmm. um, so let me get you that question after this uh okay. he, said jailbreak bb well jailbreaking voids your warranty so if the only mm-hmm. way to get other apps or to get a different app store on your phone is to jailbreak it and then void your warranty. I don't think that's a very good solution. Um, yeah. That's just like a thought real quick, but spec, I know you've done some game development. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you've been a part of, I believe you said uh, back almost a year ago, you said you are mm-hmm. like in the uh, game developers club at your school, right? Yeah. What are you thinking?
2: Um, well, I, I wasn't really on that end of things necessarily. Mm -hmm. Uh, I actually ended up becoming the secretary this past year. um, And we did look at getting our games on the App Store um, for Apple and Android. Mm -hmm. Um, We ended up not going for that. And our game is currently just desktop only that we developed, Mm -hmm. um, which was like a really simple side scroller. Um, But, you know, and I don't want to, you know, say anything that is incorrect just because i don't know but right. i do i do remember um the officers having issues you know with getting it on the app store because of like the restrictions and stuff right. um but i guess like from our unique perspective we weren't really doing it to be profitable right. you know mm-hmm. we just uh wanted to get our name out there which i feel like mm-hmm. is for a lot of the, you know, like the $1 apps that you were talking about is generally that type of thing. Right. Um, or with a lot of mobile games, and this kind of circles back to almost like the loot box, um,
4: mm-hmm.
2: you know, conversation. There's a lot of in-app purchases where I think the app developers make the mo- most of their money. Right. So I feel like, honestly, just the um, the price of the app is just almost like a bit of a cover charge to mm-hmm. just, just to have it in the app yeah. store. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't really have too much uh experience like with getting my own product on it. Mm-hmm. Um but from talking to other developers, if they get it on the App Store, they're not that unhappy about it. So because they're usually making their money elsewhere or getting some right. something from it. Um whether that just be exposure or mm-hmm. um, you know, their name out there or whatever. So
4: yeah. um
2: but yeah this is the first I've actually heard of this specifically. Um, which I can see why it would be a bit of an issue. But, Mm -hmm. you know, yet again, you know, I, I'm like, and probably with the people that, you know, I get my dad's hand-me-down iPhone. So (laughs) it's like, I don't really get a choice in like the phone I get. Um, But, you know, if I want an app, I buy it. And if I don't, I just don't worry about it. So I'm just like. (laughs) Right,
0: yeah. This, this is the first brand, brand new phone I've had since high school.
2: (laughs) (laughs) My phone got hit by a car
0: oof um so i i think me and bren had some and me and me running mudsy all had disagreements in that episode mm-hmm. um yeah i i feel like i think at the time ran out where we're sitting at now i know mm-hmm. i was in favor of allowing um allowing developers and and um apple users customers to to sue uh mm-hmm. for anti- uh, consumer practices i don't do you were you against that idea
1: i think i think i was yeah. against it i'm pretty sure i was against it because i i felt i actually felt the same way that canoa did where i was all like if you're buying an apple product you know what you're walking into but realistically mm. what i think about it now it's like not everybody knows that which is shocking sometimes sure but like there's also people yeah. that are brand new to the technology and they just hear apple and they think like luxurious like super like it's it's a really high quality product no comment on that but <laughs> but like that's how a lot of people like think about it when they actually see it as somebody that's not like tech savvy or things like that um yeah. i don't know i'm very very mixed on a on that mm-hmm. like entire front to be completely honest because on one hand i do acknowledge like yes it is a monopoly but on another hand i also kind of get why and it's like the curated experience is what realistically a lot of people go to the Apple for is like it's mm-hmm. in their mind. It's a high quality product. Everything is yeah. safe. Everything is secure. Yada, yada, yada. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm in the boat where if I, if I have a technological product, if I essentially have like a mini computer, I should be able to do what I want with that little computer. I shouldn't have to abide by the rules of oh I have to use this app store and I have to pay more than what I probably should expect to pay on something like Android. Mm-hmm. That's that's the way I see it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think at the end of it for me, it's mostly um, you know Apple was fine to have that thirty mm-hmm. percent you know commission, right? Yeah. They're curi- they want to have a curated app store, fine, mm-hmm. but they need to allow yeah i i, like I agree an amazon or a google play to be on the on the iphone or the ios
1: platform yeah, yeah that i agree wow. with because i understand like i i get if like it doesn't natively come with the device that makes sense because obviously mm-hmm. it's not an apple program it's not like made from apple it shouldn't be on the device but i should be able to have the option to go to their app store and be like i want a new app store like i don't mm-hmm. want to just only use this like, I, I want to have the option of, hey, it might be riskier and possibly stupider, but at the same time, like, I want to have the ability to just be like, I want to, I don't know. I, I want to download something that I want to download, but not like three bucks. Maybe, maybe well, I, I want to download it like too. it's not like necessarily
2: like between, you know, Android versus Apple.
3: Right. Like
2: that, products, yeah. because I mean, like many apps are on both platforms mm-hmm. um, and there's like an entire... Um, like there are entire teams of, you know, developers that are basically just, um, kind of help convert to the different platforms and stuff. Right. Um, cause like, for example, you know, you were talking about like being able to have like Amazon only, oh, I don't know. Like you said something about Amazon. I'm sorry.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, um, like having like an Amazon app store on your phone. Yeah.
2: Like, but I mean, like, like for like an Audible or something, because there's like an Audible app. So I'm just like trying to figure out
0: like like an Amazon platform where I can buy smartphone Mm. apps. So like this situation to me is like if Microsoft said you can't buy games from Steam or Mm -hmm. the Epic Game Store, you can only buy games from the Windows 10 Xbox One Game Store. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. it. You can't buy games from Steam. We're not going to allow you to download Steam. We're, we're not going to allow you to install apps that you purchased on Steam. That's basically what the situation is, is if Microsoft uh, okay. did that.
1: yeah.
0: Um, and to me, it was like, if I have this, if I bought for this, if I own this device, I should be able to look at other marketplaces for my apps. I should be able mm-hmm. to look at a Steam, iOS Steam app, if, they, if Valve decided they wanted to get into mobile gaming more. I should be able to look at an Epic games store and download in download apps from the Epic game store. Right. Um, That's where I think the problem kind of stems from this is you can't do that on an iPhone.
1: Yeah. I, yeah, I I don't know. I'm very, I'm on both sides of this one to be completely honest. I'm not really like either way. Cause I get it. I I really do. I get like the thought process of having a very curated, like device, you know, exactly like you, it's going to be a struggle to really mess up your, like, iPhone. Like, mm-hmm. in comparison to, say, if you're if you're actively trying to mess up something like an Android where, like, a lot of stuff can get in not. This isn't necessarily, like, an Android versus, like, Apple, like, debate that I'm trying to have. But Android mm-hmm. is a little bit more open. Things like that. It's not necessarily as curated. So, I don't know. I, I feel like I should have the option to choose, like, not as curated experience. But I also get the reason why.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know.
1: I'm very. I'm on both sides of the board on this one, really.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is this is one of those debates that mm-hmm. you. At least I found myself kind of wishy-washing, kind of. Yeah. Kind of, you know, I felt kind of like a shuttle clock in a, um, in a badminton. <laughs> you know, it <laughs> is like boop 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 boop. <laughs> you know, kind of. Yeah. Um, yeah, that so i mean it's one that we we can debate endlessly for a while and probably mm. not come up with a satisfying solution for
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah probably
0: um yeah but any other like final thoughts or hot takes on that
1: i don't think so i don't know i feel like we'll go back yeah. and forth forever
0: <laughs> that's the yeah. way i am seeing it yeah this will be one that we'll probably talk about it here as more development you know because. Mm-hmm really what this what this comes down to what this decision is is that it's not that the it's not a direct ruling on the 2011 case right what's taking so long is deciding if those plaintiffs have a right to sue which the supreme right. court says that they do so right. now it's now we have a right to sue yeah we're gonna put you know we're gonna continue our our litigation now
1: that i feel is fair i i feel like that's i feel like that's okay i, I don't really have an issue with that Yeah, because that's. That that means that I don't have to decide. Like, other people yeah. could do it for me. That's fine. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Smarter, smarter legal minds will. Prevail. Yeah,
1: yeah. People who've uh, thought about this significantly more than I ever have, or probably ever will. <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, you know, once um friend of the podcast Taylor gets his uh, legal degree, <laughs> we could, uh, For those who don't, Taylor, aka Wretched Wolf, also runs the Just Think podcast um he's going to law school so congratulations to him so maybe we'll get him on we'll get a hot take from him at some point um so that's the apple story um we can Mm -hmm. debate that endlessly uh in the future um i had one more story this isn't really gaming related but it is like something that affects for me for sure me um spec are you on the creative cloud
2: um not already wait oh you're talking about like adobe yeah yeah uh i i use it i have a subscription Mm
0: -hmm. personally
2: because i use it enough so Mm -hmm.
0: yeah uh ryan do you use creative cloud or i
1: do not no i don't i i'm not a big fan of like the the monthly payout scheme i hate it personally
0: (laughs) yeah so this is a story i saw this on vice i'll share this link so for those of us who didn't out, uh, purchase our licenses from Adobe outright, instead opting for their subscription service, Creative Cloud, which um, is a certain monthly fee you, you pay um, and you get to the most recent uh, programs, uh, updates and patches and programs. Uh, for Premiere, Photoshop, Illustrator, Audition, I use it for a wide, 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 wide variety of things. I use it for li- mm-hmm. I use Lightroom for my photography. I use Premiere for anything from the stream to personal video projects. I use Photoshop for the stream, for the podcast. I use Adobe Audition for the podcast. Um, I've futzed around with Illustrator. Spec, what programs do you use?
2: Um, I use everything from Animate to After Effects, Premiere, Photoshop, Illustrator. So I use, like, a huge chunk of Mm the um, creative suite, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, whether it be for school projects or, you know, my commission work that I do for graphic design. Right. So, or, you know, just YouTube. (laughs) So, like, honestly, like, for me, it's absolutely a necessity.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... uh... Adobe sent out a warning to owners of Creative Cloud uh, applications that they are no longer allowed to use older versions of the software or they risk being sued uh, by third parties. (laughs) Uh, So this is a quote from the letter that they sent. We have recently discontinued certain older versions of Creative Cloud applications and as a result, under the terms of our agreement, you are no longer licensed to use them. Please be aware that you should, that you uh, be aware that should you continue to use the discontinued versions, you may be at risk of potential claims of infringement by third parties. Why? (laughs) That's (laughs) that's realistically
1: my stance on it. I don't know. I feel like not a lot of people were just like, I want to use one of the really old versions of Photoshop, but at the same time, if I'm paying the license fee, I should have the right to, that I don't know. That's. Seems yeah.
0: Well, here's first off, here's the problem that I have mm-hmm. is <clears throat> because there's a lot of tiers to this. You can get like an enterprise edition or you can get like a home right. edition. Mm-hmm. Um, some people might be in violation of the home edition um, or like the personal edition where it's more for like personal pet projects or you know, mm-hmm. whatever. As soon as you start making money from it, um, you're supposed to pay some sort of like small business edition. Then like, if you're like a radio station then you're supposed to pay for an enterprise edition of Creative Cloud. Um, Mm -hmm. That's all their pricing stuff. So my question is, is how are they, first off, like number one thing is who are they going to determine is in violation of this? And how are they going to determine they're in violation of this? Um, Is this gonna be a DRM situation in which the Adobe Creative Cloud app is going to be constantly searching for unupdated apps, and if mm-hmm. an unupdated rap app runs,
4: mm-hmm.
0: is it going to be like, "Whoa, there!" Like you can't do that. Yeah. You're gonna risk, you know. Is that what's going to happen? Is this going to be a DRM for that? Um, the other part of this being, uh, like my 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 other part being. Not only is it, are they going to determine how how is that you know who's using what and right. when, but then how are they going to basically what what are the third parties like somebody said in chat? But then right, what aspects of those licenses are then void? Mm-hmm. Which I didn't see explained either. Like I I just have so many questions about like this potential yeah you know infringement that. It, Seems to be, like, much to do about nothing. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, It it certainly does seem like it's a bad sign for digital goods. Mm -hmm. Um, The increasing you don't actually own anything. Yeah. uh, That I initially wasn't afraid of until now. See, I'm in the same boat. I normally
1: have not been like a big worrier of it. I've understood like the worries about it, mm-hmm. about like, oh, you don't own these things. And and to some degree, like it's good. So, for example, like maybe I don't want to throw out, maybe I don't want to shill like hundreds of dollars for one program to own it forever. Maybe I don't want to do that. Maybe I'm going to use it for a few months, see if I like it or not, and then maybe just toss it aside. So that's where like things like the Creative Cloud really gets you, right? It's like, OK, mm-hmm. great. I don't have to pay a ton of money to, like, use it for a few months, sure. At the same time, what it, like, I don't have the option anymore. That's a big thing. Because I, like, I probably would own a few, like, Adobe products if I could actually just buy the Adobe product outright. Like, I probably, I wouldn't have that big of an issue. Um, I don't know. It just seems so fucking, like, out of the blue and, like, not very necessary as, like, a yeah. thing. It's, I don't know. <laughs>
2: it seems very, what?
1: very
0: sketchy. Yeah, Spec, what are you feeling? What are your thoughts?
2: Um, I actually haven't really heard about this. I I don't really feel, feel like it's going to do much. I think it's mm-hmm. if anything possibly like a scare tactic. I um, I feel
1: the same exact way.
2: But like kind of for example, like on my own um like at my own school, we typically use like the next to last version of the software right. just because for some reason due to like the administrator Ha- only having access to updating programs, like, they only go through a system-wide update once a year, so mm-hmm. I wonder how that's going to, like, affect, like, institutions like that who, you know, only update occasionally, or, like, if there's going to be a, um, you know, like, okay, versions older than this, or you have to absolutely be yeah. on the, like, latest update. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I'm not, sh- I'm not sure what to say about it. I do, yeah. I do think a little... A bit Sorry. extreme, but
0: um... so if if I can just real quick, cause I want to get I want to correct somebody in chat. This isn't about pre. So if you so if you bought CS6, if you bought a license to a CS6 program, Photoshop audition or something like that, um, you're okay. It's if you are a subscriber to the Adobe audition and say, um, just as an example, me. I you know you can have the license on two devices. You can have it on a desktop and some you know you can have it on two computers. I can run it on my desktop and then I have it on my laptop. What if I don't use my laptop except when I'm traveling and I have, or if I'm working in the field? Um, that's kind of the problem there, where it's like if I, that laptop doesn't update um, mm-hmm. that often, say I only take that work laptop out when I'm doing field photography. Mm-hmm. That's the issue. Sorry to interrupt you, Spec. I know you're
2: good.
0: Uh, you can continue your thought real quick.
2: Um, well, that, that was pretty much it. I just, I don't know how they're going to. Um... You know, like you say, you only take that, uh, you know, laptop out at certain times. Like, I don't mm-hmm. see how, if it's not, you know, connected, how they would even be able to enforce that, right. um, you know, or, you know, if anything, it might backfire and just like <laughs> make people do more pirated versions, which, you mm-hmm. know, for people like, for example, I, you know, I just paid the monthly subscription, you know, for the entire suite. And for me, it's absolutely worth it. And, right. you know, it's totally hassle-free because it automatically updates and, you know, it's no skin off my nose. So. Yeah. um i feel like you know it might only like be affecting a very small amount of people but if anything is probably just trying to be a scare tactic so yeah, yeah.
1: I, I i agree with that point pretty well i i feel like they don't really have like a lot of options to check for that sort of thing unless of like obviously say that that laptop that you use that's like using a discontinued version you you finally connect it to the internet and then they run a check mm-hmm. and it's like hey what are you doing bud <laughs> well what, what's yeah. going on here um yeah I don't know. And I I agree. I I think that it might like, yes, I do agree that it's probably just a scare attack for users. But I also feel like it's like a big attack for like institutions and schools like that. Like, Mm -hmm. for example, my college uses Dreamweaver. That's like so beyond discontinued. I don't even know how that's like, Mm -hmm. Um, but like for for schools, especially schools, don't update very often at all when it comes to these sorts of things. So like mm-hmm. that's a big hit to institutions or at least they really need to like up their game when it comes to things
0: like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I know like my radio station, we still ha- we have on two of our machines. We're still running uh, Premiere elements mm-hmm. <laughs> like forget like any like CS six or anything like that. We're running elements, right? Um, you know, the Photoshop version we have is really bad to the point where like in they didn't want to buy more licenses to the point where I just told our engineer, I'm like, if we have people who need to be using Premiere and we only have two computers and we have say four people that are not Premiere, uh, Photoshop, then install GIMP on every other fucking computer. Um,
4: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> it was one of those. It was one of those things where I'm like, I finally got fed up with using an old Photoshop. I'm like, I'm either gonna start bringing my laptop in again, or you're gonna need to install GIMP
4: because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: I'm not using <laughs> <Yeah>. this outdated, <laughs> shitty version of. Of uh, Photoshop that <laughs> I can barely do work on. Yeah, um, yeah. So that was, <laughs> and you're right. Like institutions, like schools, yeah. uh, Private, you know, private media companies are gonna have mm-hmm. to look at this and and make some hard decisions if they're because if there's a version that you really like of the uh, Creative mm-hmm. Cloud. Or there's some sort of like known bug right. in like a premiere, right? Like if there's like a known bug in a in a, in premiere where certain where things won't where like the render process isn't right for like a certain effect, right? But the pre ver, uh, previous version is good. Mm-hmm. I can see that being a massive problem. Yeah, like that's ooh. Um, you know After Effects. That's a problem. You know if the if the problem being something doesn't render properly or yeah, I, I'm not liking this.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
0: side, I don't like the steps. I don't, I don't think there's any way they could really enforce it unless they start installing or implementing DRM software mm-hmm. um, that would that would start checking that, yeah. which would feel super invasive.
1: And I don't, then again, I don't know if I I I'm wrong or not. Wasn't the entire reason that the Creative Cloud moved to monthly was for DRM purposes? Or am, am I wrong on that front? I I might be wrong. I don't know about that personally, but I feel like that was one of the big issues was like a lot of people were just pirating it because like, I don't want to pay Mm -hmm. 300 bucks for a program. So like, yeah, we can keep that like a low monthly cost, but it's still going to be more than what you'd like normally pay. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Wasn't that the initial like reasoning behind that?
0: Probably. Um, Yeah, I would assume that's probably the Mm -hmm. or the. Practice initially came from, yeah. Um, Well, in that way, instead of just purchasing or putting out a license every year for the the idea being that media companies that want to stay um, up on the trends Mm -hmm. with new functionality and ability um, that might improve workflow. Like if you're like a new news organization, you know, you're running like a uh, you know a small indie news company, um, Mm -hmm. being able you know to get faster editing software, you know, they like they make improvements like between like 3 months and you don't want to buy like another 300, 400, 500 however many dollars right. um license for an updated version of Premiere or something like that. Um that's pretty appealing and you <laughs> could probably justify it as a as a monthly cost. Um cuz yeah, I mean if it, just like in radio, kind of every once in a while, it's you know we use CS6, and I don't mm-hmm. I don't do much production, but when I did do production at my radio station, um, I remember seeing like oh like yeah this is missing some functionalities that uh, I currently have in the Creative Cloud version, right? Um, so that's the kind of like the nice thing if if you're doing that stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's uh, so it was kind of born out of I think two things. Uh, the piracy and then for the, uh, small, um, for, for the people who wanted to keep up to date that could help, you know, keep themselves running. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's, that's that. Are there any other thoughts or feelings on this?
1: I don't no, Not necessarily. I mean, like, it just seems like a generally bad move. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. That's all I see about it. Really?
0: And it might, it might not be a Dol- Dolby or uh, Adobe. There's some, um, there's some stuff here that it, it is pointing to some uh, disagreements and discrepancies between Dolby and Adobe. Um, Dolby being a audio company, I believe. They do <laughs> yeah. Codex. Yeah. Um, they do like audio codecs and audio design and, and audio, you know, tools. Um, so Yeah.
3: But, but
1: yeah,
0: uh, yeah, is there anything else, guys? <laughs> Just do it for me. I think. no, that covers it. Cool. Anything that you guys want to talk about at all?
1: Um, Plague Tale Innocence is coming out today. I'm actually really oh. excited for that. Yeah, it's a game I've been looking at for a bit. Mm-hmm. For those who don't know, it's a it's it's kind of I'm going to say it's in the same realm as something like Hellblade. But uh, it's mm-hmm. it's like a single player narrative experience game um Mm -hmm. where you're playing as i think you're playing as like a 16 year old girl and you're supposed to be watching over your little brother while Mm -hmm. the the black plague is happening it's like a very dramatic like uh like rendition of the black plague have rendition (laughs) um um but uh but yeah it looks really cool i'm hoping that it's actually gonna be like good (laughs) that's that's my big hopes right now but that's pretty much
0: it i'm excited hopefully it's not bad Spec, was there anything else that you wanted to talk about?
2: Ah, uh, no, I think that covers it. Uh D and D, all the good stuff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um. Okay, well, with that, let's go on ahead and uh, plug away. Spec, what's coming up on your channel? Where can people find you, and what else is going on with you?
2: Um, well, I am on Twitch.tv/spectissa and actually going to be streaming a little bit later today myself in just a few minutes. Um, so like I like I said earlier in the podcast, I'm the moment. So, um, but apart from Twitch, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Patreon, Snapchat, all the good stuff at spectissa. So, same thing
0: everywhere. Awesome uh ren where can people find you and what's coming up on your channel
1: uh you guys can find me at twitch.tv forward slash renditions we actually just from a from a sponsored streamer friend i know i actually just got access to a free minecraft server so i'm going to be setting that up as like a sub only minecraft server thing hopefully people enjoy it um but yeah uh nothing nothing too crazy is going on recently i'm probably gonna be playing Plague tale innocence maybe tomorrow we'll see uh, apparently, yeah. Siege has been having some yikers patches <laughs> starting today. Mm-hmm. So uh, hopefully, I'll play something else. We'll see. But yeah, that pretty much does it for me.
0: Awesome. Uh, I'm back this week. Uh, I'll be streaming tomorrow, Thursday, and Friday probably. Um, I'll probably do a creative stream. I have some photos I need to edit. I also want to work on some other things. So it'll probably be a fun like art stream. So come hang out and say hello uh while i'm doing that uh probably be playing i've decided i'm going to go through i'm going to finish enderall so i'll probably play enderall if i have to cheat my way through i have to cheat my way through that's okay (laughs) um slash kill was made for a reason um yeah and then after that i'm probably going to start a pokemon crystal playthrough here soon so watch out for that um Yeah, other than that, I don't think there's anything. If you guys are brand new uh, to the show, thank you for hanging out. Uh, You guys can, if you missed any part of the show, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Swoot, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, YouTube. Uh, You can also watch the VOD, um, and you can get all sorts of, you know, you can find us all sorts of places um make sure you guys find us on twitter at ntn pod and uh if you're listening to the vod or uh the podcast feed go down below into the description and you guys can see all of our links um other than that guys i think we're good we good yeah i think so yeah i'm great all right bye (laughs) Bye, bye guys